Hello, my name is Graham Dean. I'm a partner in the Waitman's Occupational Disease Team. I'd like to welcome everybody to today's podcast. We'll provide a roundup of the key developments which have impacted both casualty and occupational disease claims in 2021. At the same time, we'll look ahead at uh, what is potentially ahead of us this year and also beyond. I'm joined today by James Michael Bayard, who is a partner with over 30 years of experience of occupational disease and casualty claims, and who is now attached to our Insights team. Can I call you, Jim? You can. Good to see you, Graham. And you, Jim. Uh, thanks for joining me, Jim. I'd like to start by asking you to highlight what has dominated the year from a disease claims perspective. Okay. Uh the two most prevalent claims have again been asbestos-related claims, uh, primarily mesothelioma and noise-induced hearing loss. Uh, they both have presented in fewer numbers in 2021 compared to the previous year. Broadly, the reduction has been of the order of 10 to 15 percent. Thanks. In relation to asbestos, um, do you see any evidence of a declining mesothelioma mortality rate, which was predicted some time ago by HSE and others? Good question. Uh, there remains a time lag in reporting. Uh, the last available figures are for calendar year 2019. Um, they showed a 7% fall compared to the previous five years, where mortality rates were broadly static at around 2,400 deaths per annum. Um, male mortality has dropped uh, the fastest, whilst female mortality is sort of broadly unchanged. Thanks, that's interesting. Um, what implications do you see for compensators as a result of this? Okay, uh, there remains at present no change in the HSE projections for mesothelioma mortality. Uh, it, this is expected to fall steadily during this decade. Uh, reducing to around 1,300 uh, deaths by 2030. Um, the 2019 figures may be evidence that the decline has started slightly earlier. Um, but it's also worth flagging as well that during last year, uh, the Insurance Actuarial Group published their findings into uh, estimated future financial liabilities for asbestos-related claims. Their predicted um, figures for both future and incurred cost is now 8.3 billion, applying a central scenario estimate. Um, that's quite an eye-watering figure, 8.3 billion. But I, I seem to recall that when the actuaries looked at this back in 2009, uh, they estimated the future financial liabilities at that stage at uh, over 11 billion. Um, can you provide any uh, help or understanding as to why there's been a fall, Jim? Yeah, that's right. Uh, there appears to be sort of two main reasons. Uh, firstly, the 2009 paper estimated a rising propensity to claim uh, amongst those diagnosed with mesothelioma. Um, that has not eventuated. Um, secondly, uh, they predicted um, a much increased cost for each claim. Uh, whilst claim costs have risen, uh, it's not been to the same degree as predicted. Thanks. Um, I'd like to now move on to talk about COVID and the effect on asbestos claims. Uh, obviously, COVID hasn't been far from headlines over the last two years. 
Uh, and I can see that given the high number of COVID-related deaths, that this may have had an influence both in terms of delayed diagnosis for claimants uh, and that inevitably there will be some people who would have gone on to develop mesothelioma, uh, but COVID has sadly intervened. Have you got any views on this, Jim? Yes, I agree. Um, whilst precise stats are thin on the ground, uh, there are some staggering figures suggesting lockdown has led to tens of thousands of fewer cancer referrals and fewer cases diagnosed. Uh, I think it's fairly inevitable uh, that this will have had some impact on mesothelioma. Thanks, I think you're quite right about that. Uh, what I'd like to move on to now is direct claims for COVID contracted in the workplace. Uh, by that, I mean both in terms of uh, frequency and how easy they are to pursue. Have you got any thoughts, Jim? Thanks. Um, whilst at the start of the pandemic, many commentators predicted high volumes of workplace COVID claims, um, they simply haven't materialised. Um, this is not because workplace infections haven't happened. Uh, indeed, there have been over 37,000 uh, RIDOR reports uh, made by employers uh, flagging potential workplace contraction. Um, but I do think that two factors militate against these translating into claims. Um, Firstly, some potential claimants may have difficulty uh, in establishing uh, that their contraction arose from workplace as opposed to social or domestic exposure. Um, and secondly, uh, the cost of pursuing a claim uh, from a claimant's perspective is quite high. Um, these are claims that are likely to be very, very much expert and disbursement heavy. Thanks. Um, certainly the pandemic has been responsible for many changes. Uh, I think I'd like to concentrate now on uh, the wider impact upon society. Uh, due to the pandemic, we've obviously seen a move towards a, well, more of a hybrid working pattern and certainly increased home working. Uh, as a result of the pandemic, do you see any other changes happening in the future? Mm. I certainly think that hybrid working is here to stay. Um, that's going to bring benefits and disadvantages to both employees and employers alike. Uh, a reduced commute ought to lead to a better work-life balance. Uh, but conversely, I think some employees um, are and will feel more isolated and less engaged. Um, more widely, this may well reduce volunteering, CSR-related activities, uh, and amongst other things, um, socialising. Um, during COVID, many sectors uh, remained open, particularly during the lockdowns. But uh, do you think that uh, the pandemic itself has had any impact on the on workplace accident claims at all? Yes, um, the impact has been substantial. Um, for the first full year of the pandemic, personal injury claims registered uh, both um, with the CRU fell um, in respect of employers' liability claims um, uh, of around a third, uh, and in relation to public liability, the fall uh, was around a quarter uh, compared to the pre-pandemic position. Um, other data uh, generated from the portal that essentially is fast-track cases also reveal falls of a 
similar volume in respect of both employers' liability casualty and public liability claims. That's um, quite a stark drop, really, when you look at the figures. Uh, do you think that there'll be a return to uh, what I phrase as normal claims volumes uh, when we emerge from lockdown and home working? Well, I think certainly the pre-pandemic levels will be seen in the future as very much the high watermark, I think, when normality uh, eventually resumes. Um, although reduced human interaction and activity have been two key factors behind the declining claim volumes, they're not the only reasons. Um, many organisations have redesigned workplaces primarily to limit COVID transmissibility. Um, what we have also seen uh, is an increased emphasis of a safety culture uh, amongst organisations and and in workplaces, uh, the so-called operant conditioning. And I think this has helped drive volumes down. Thanks, Jim. Uh, penultimately, I'd like to take a look at uh, workplace uh, mental ill health, if I may. I'm aware that pre-pandemic, the figures were staggeringly high. Uh, over the last two years, many reports have emerged of the toll that the, the pandemic has had on the UK population's mental health. Do you see any impact of this as yet and how it's actually affected the workplace, Jim? Yes. Um, whilst the data is slowly feeding through, um, and my view is that ultimately a more nuanced picture will emerge. Um, what we have on the one hand, um, pandemic and home working has undoubtedly increased social iso isolation, which is usually a poor prognostic indicator for mental health. This has led to some employees feeling unsupported and disenfranchised. There have also been reports of some employees working longer hours, leading to increased levels of employee burnout. However, and conversely for employees with supportive employers, some studies point to increased levels of gratitude felt by employees, a better work-life balance, helped by a reduction in commuting, and a reduction in co-worker conflict. The HSE published some statistics in December 2021, pointing to an increase in new cases of workplace depression, stress and anxiety. Um, that was an extra 100,000 new compared, cases compared to the pre-pandemic uh, position. Thanks. Um, do you think it's likely that this will translate into increased levels of new claims at all? I think we will see an increase, but I don't think that this will be a linear rise in keeping with the HSE figures. Uh, occupational stress benefits um, from a, an established and tightly defined legal framework. Broadly put, this requires an employer to be on notice. I also think that separating out the workplace specific factors from the general malaise uh, induced by the pandemic, social isolation, for example, will be difficult for some claimants to achieve. Uh, thanks for that insight, Jim. Finally, what I'd like to look at now is uh, what is hot and what is not for 2022 and beyond. Clearly, uh, workplace stress will be high on the agenda. Have you got any thoughts on that for this year at all? 
I think you're right, Graham, about uh, workplace stress. Uh, the HSE have made it their primary focus for 2022. Uh, they've launched a Working Minds campaign about which I'm sure we'll hear a lot about. I also think violence at work will be high up the list. Interestingly, the HSE didn't publish last year's statistics, uh, but anecdotally, we know it has grown helped largely by retailers having to enforce mask wearing and social distancing. Scotland introduced specific legislation in July last year, the Protection of Workers Regulations. We do know that Police Scotland are currently investigating around 300 cases committed uh, between August and November last year. Um, I do see a clamour for similar legislation to be enacted in England and Wales too. Thanks for that, Jim. Very insightful. And I appreciate your comments on that and all of the other topics that we have covered today in this podcast. Uh, by way of a general wrap up for those wanting to know more details of the topics we have covered today and other issues affecting casualty and occupational disease, Jim has produced a very thorough and uh, detailed uh, paper entitled Annual Review of 2021, which can be accessed via our website, which is www.waitmans.com. Uh, so if you'd like to read that, that would be great. Uh, and from myself, I'd just like to thank you for your time, Jim, and thank you all for listening in. Yeah, good to see you, Graham, and thanks for listening in. Cheers, Jim.